Hello, I'm Sita Ryder, the Assistant Press Attaché at the United States Embassy in Jakarta, Indonesia. This year, the United States and Indonesia are celebrating 70 years of bilateral relations. As part of this celebration, we, along with our partners Meridian International Center and IDN Media, are creating a series of podcasts about the U.S.-Indonesia partnership. From the environment to health, from the economy to the arts, you'll hear from Americans and Indonesians, their stories of working together, the challenges they have faced, and their hopes for this fascinating relationship. We like to say the relationship between Indonesia and the United States isn't just between governments. It's really about the people of our two diverse democracies. So take a listen and let us know what you think. And please explore our digital platform, www.indonesiausa70th.com, where you can find the podcasts and much, much more about the U.S.-Indonesia partnership. We'll be adding new content every month, so spread the word. And thanks for listening. Hello and welcome listeners. My name is Terry Harvey, Vice President of Cultural Programs at Meridian International Center, a nonprofit organization based in Washington, D.C. And I'm joined by Brian Harding, Deputy Director and Fellow of the Southeast Asia Program, and Andreka Natalagawa, a Program Coordinator and Research Assistant at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, or CSIS, to discuss their experience in U.S.-Indonesian relations, their experience working at CSIS, as well as other experiences related to their understanding of modern U.S.-Indonesia relations. This podcast will grant insight into the incredible work they both have achieved in their respective roles at CSIS, as well as a deeper understanding into U.S.-Indonesian relations. So, let's begin. First off, thank you both for joining me today. Brian, perhaps we can start with you. Can you provide a brief overview of current U.S.-Indonesian relations? Sure, and thank you, Terry, for coming and visiting us here at, here at CSIS. Uh, there are not a lot of places in Washington doing work on U.S.-Indonesia relations, unfortunately, uh, but we think it's some of the most important work we do here at CSIS. Um, in general, U.S.-Indonesia relations are warm, they're productive. Uh, U.S. Uh, Americans uh, ha have respect for Indonesians and Indonesians for Americans, uh, but uh, the reality is that it's highly underdeveloped. Uh, the economic side of the relationship, I know you'll have a podcast specific on this, has a lot of room to grow. The people-to-people -people ties, the flows of students back and forth, the flows of tourists, really just aren't what they, they ought to be for the size and importance of our two countries. Mm. Uh, can you tell me and our listeners more about how you began your journey into a career with CSIS? Uh, so this is actually my third time working here at CSIS, uh, and mm. I think uh, my story and the story of the times when I've worked here say a lot about uh, U.S.-Indonesia relations and the focus on, on Southeast Asia here in Washington more generally. Uh, I first came to CSIS as an intern when I was a graduate student uh, at a university here in Washington, D.C. in 2004-2005. At that time, there was no Southeast Asia program at CSIS. There was no Southeast Asia program at any major Washington think tank. Wow. I was hired in 2007, uh, and we'll get to it later, I think, in the discussion, but uh, basically between 2005 and 2007, I spent most of my time in Indonesia. But when I came back in 2007, I was very fortunate to be offered a position here at CSIS to help start up a Southeast Asia initiative. And again, at the time, that was CSIS's first real foray into Southeast Asian studies. Uh, the Stimson Center had just started their Southeast Asia program, so CSIS was technically the second. Uh, from 2007 to 2009, I was here as a research associate supporting the center's efforts to build 
a robust Southeast Asia program. This is really a time when Washington had gotten a memo for the first time since about 1975 that it really needed to spend more time focused on Southeast Asia uh, and Indonesia in particular, of course. Its weight within Southeast Asia makes it a focus of any work you're gonna be doing on Southeast Asia. Um, after that, I, I, I went over to the Department of Defense, spent a few years at the Pentagon, was at another think tank and was fortunate to come back at, to CSIS uh, about a year and a half ago as deputy director of this program. And since then, the CSIS Southeast Asia program has really cemented its place as a, a hub for dialogue on, on the region in Washington. Yeah, it's pretty exciting to get in such at such an early time when CSIS was developing this program. And I wonder, backing up even further, what led you to working within the international relations sector uh, at all? So my first uh, international experience uh, um, was really through Japan. I had the great opportunity in high school and college to study Japanese, to visit Japan several times. And I spent my junior year in college uh, studying in Kyoto. And really on a whim, and a really life-changing whim, decided to spend three months that summer after the academic year in Japan uh, uh, traipsing around Southeast Asia. And seven <laughs> weeks out of that three months was in Indonesia. Uh, first time I ever stepped off a plane, it was uh, in northern Sumatra, visited some of the just extraordinary uh, natural uh, uh, um, you know, parks uh, in Indonesia, like Toba, Bukit Lawang, the uh, orangutan sanctuary up in northern Sumatra, mm -hmm. took a bus across Java, spent a few weeks in Bali. Wow. And when I came home uh, uh, to go back to uh, uh, my college, my senior year, I decided that Japan was boring and I really wanted to know a lot more about this place called Indonesia. Wow, fascinating story. Um, Andreka, maybe perhaps you could share um, uh, with the listeners, how has your personal connections to politics and economics impacted your career in Life Path? Sure. Thanks, Terry, for having us here today. Um, I think I'd just like to start by saying, you know, I come from a, a family of diplomats. Um, I was, you know, I'm an Indonesian citizen, but I was born here in the United States uh, when my father was serving at the, the Indonesian mission to the UN. Uh, so I think for me, my entire life in a way has been rooted in this sort of strong connection between the United States and Indonesia. I think my life sort of embodies that. Mm -hmm. um, I've spent over half my life here in the United States. I studied here as an undergraduate student. And so I think these sort of personal ties to uh, politics, economics, and the bilateral relationship have really informed what I want to do with my career. And I think I'm not alone in this respect. I mean, I think we have increasing numbers of uh, you know, generations of Indonesians who have spent time here in the United States, studied here in the United States, who have consumed American culture, you know, people who really understand, uphold, and appreciate American principles and values. And I think um, this sort of generation of people, myself included, I think, you know, we're forming the bedrock of uh, the relationship move forward. So. Okay, great. And and Brian, uh, perhaps we could dive a little bit deeper into your experience as a Fulbright Scholar in Indonesia and your uh, additional experience at, at uh, Gajah Mada University. I mean, the bottom line, uh, and I'll, I'll share my experience in one second here, but the bottom line is we need more young Americans spending time in Indonesia like, in, like Andreka and, and a cohort of his peers are spending in the United States. The, the fact is there's relatively few opportunities, few avenues for, for U United States, U.S. students to spend time in, in Indonesia. But I've been fortunate uh, to take advantage of, of, of some of the opportunities that there are. Um, if you look at the data, there's something like 100 American students study a year in Indonesia. Wow. Uh, if we're going to have a more robust relationship, if we're going to uh, uh, have more familiarity, if we're going to just deepen ties on a whole range of issues, we need to find ways to do more. 
Uh, but there are a few avenues. One of them uh, um, is the U.S. Fulbright program, which brings uh, at least a few dozen Americans uh, to Indonesia for research fellowships um, and also an English teaching assistantship program uh, that exists now. I was a Fulbright research fellow for uh, 10 months in 2006-2007, where I studied uh, Indonesian foreign policy, Indonesia-China relations, and the role, the really interesting, unique role that Chinese Indonesians play within that bilateral relationship. Mm -hmm. It's something that I draw on uh, constantly here in my work uh, 12 years later. Uh, the work at Gajamana University is actually a summer studies program run by the United States Indonesia Society. And the United States Indonesia Society, USINDO, uh, really plays an instrumental role in forging opportunities for Americans and Indonesian political leaders, uh, grassroots activists, uh, uh, students to uh, um, uh, have dialogue. Every summer, they bring about a dozen uh, American undergraduate and graduate students to Gajamada University uh, in Yogyakarta. Uh, and it's actually an indispensable incubator for uh, future voices on the relationship in the United States. It really is key to get uh, this influence early on uh, with students, and the student exchanges are really critical for that. I want to see more Americans studying abroad in Indonesia. It's essential. <laughs> Um, I'm hoping uh, maybe both of you um, can elaborate on how CSIS is related to political and bilateral relations. Brian, maybe start with you and we can kind of open it up. Sure. So, uh, you know, I think a textbook traditional think tank, uh, you have people in very quiet offices doing research and analysis and writing very long reports and books and making recommendations to government. We do a little bit of that around here, uh, but I think the most important work we do is convening. Mm -hmm. providing venues for people from around the world to sit down in rooms and exchange views and think about, think about issues, uh, and also provide public platforms for leaders from other places or and American leaders to, to speak on issues. Uh, and this is really core to our work in the Southeast Asia program and the work that we've done on Indonesia here. Um, we've been fortunate to have opportunities uh, with support from uh, from Indonesian entities to bring Indonesian uh, Indonesians here to basically lock them in a room and, and talk about key issues with American counterparts with the idea that you can have open and frank discussions mm -hmm. when they're in a setting that's not in a government uh, office uh, and hopefully bring a few good ideas to government. We've also been very pleased to host very senior Indonesian uh, uh, government officials and ministers here, uh, including in recent years, uh, the coordinating minister for maritime affairs uh, Luhut Pajaitan, uh, the former minister for state and enterprise, Rini Samarna, and, and a few others. That's great. Uh, Andrika, I wonder if you could touch a little bit on the, you know, we all know there's a ton of programs CSIS is involved in. Is there one in particular in most recent years that you'd like to highlight and maybe adding on like the types of people who participated and, and perhaps the goal of the sure. program? Sure. I'll talk a little bit on uh, sort of our most recent big initiative between the United States and Indonesia. We hosted a, a bilateral uh, workshop in 2018, mm -hmm. uh, sort of an exchange between various Indonesian, it was a track 1.5 dialogue. So we've had uh, some government representation. We also had members of academia, the business community, uh, and the nonprofit sector. Uh, so we had uh, from both Indonesia and the United States. Uh, and it was just a really frank discussion about uh, where the relationship stands today and how to move forward. Um, I think uh, whatever we can do to provide more opportunities to have that discussion, I think, as Brian alluded to, uh, you know, that's sort of a net positive in our books. Mm -hmm. And I just add on that. So some of the really institutionalized U.S. bilateral partnerships around the world, think um, um, U.S.-Japan, U.S.-Australia, 
uh, uh, U.S., various European countries. There are a lot of forcing mechanisms to get Americans and people from those countries into a room together, talking about the relationship, developing new ideas. We need more of that uh, in Asia generally. We need more of it in Southeast Asia. We definitely need more of it in U.S. Indonesia. We do all our small part here, but there's there's a lot more work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has been, in, in your opinion, perhaps the biggest challenge within U.S.-Indonesia relations, and, and what has been maybe an example of the biggest success? Uh, in terms of challenges, I'd say connectivity and focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of it is this people-to-people connectivity. There's just not enough traffic mm-hmm. back and forth between mm-hmm. the United States and Indonesia, right? yeah. uh, be it business, uh, uh, academic, um, and part of it is that we're really far away from each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as Andre and I were chatting before we came down here, you know, part of it too is we're both really big countries. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of fish to fry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tend to be focused on ourselves in some ways. So you have to really make the effort mm-hmm. uh, to get across the world and, and build these ties. From a U.S. perspective, the also is it's it's focus, right? So can the United States have sustained focus on Asia, uh, and then within Asia? Uh, can we focus on Southeast Asia and Indonesia? Uh, the, if you look at U.S. foreign policy, if you look at Asian studies in the United States, it tends to be dominated by Northeast Asia, mm-hmm. primarily Japan and China, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes Korea. But getting attention to Southeast Asia, Southeast Asia is really tough. Right? Mm-hmm. It's 10 very different countries. Mm-hmm. Indonesia is the center of gravity. Mm-hmm. But getting people to focus in on this uh, is always a challenge. In terms of successes... Uh, I would certainly point to the period from about 2009 to 2014, under the coincidence of Presidents uh, Barack Obama and Susilo Bambang Yudhoyono, who had deep ties to one another's countries. This is an extraordinary uh, a boon to a relationship mm-hmm. when you have presidents who have actually spent time in each other's country. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm sure I will not live to see the day when we have another American president who had spent formative years in Indonesia. Right. But the good news is we really took advantage of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just about having warm ties. It's about institutionalizing. Uh, elements of a bilateral relationship. So we launched a comprehensive partnership agreement. Uh, this created a so-called joint commission meeting, an annual meeting of U.S. Secretary of State and the Indonesian foreign minister, various uh, working groups underneath that body, uh, the types of things that you have to do to forge closer government-to-government relations. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very helpful. Got U.S. and Indonesian government officials, forced them to get in a room, report on their progress every year to the minister and the secretary of state. That process got very bureaucratic mm-hmm. uh, and needed to be revamped. Uh, um, I think there was full agreement, uh, but the uh, and it also needs to continue. And I think that that process has withered a little bit. It's a real opportunity uh, moving forward to to revitalize that relation that that, that uh, formula. Great. Um, I wonder if either of you can kind of give us a glimpse onto new upcoming uh, projects on the horizon. Uh, so we continue to seek opportunities mm-hmm. uh, to find Indonesian voices to come here, here to CSIS to, to speak about the importance of the relationship. Uh, we, you know, I think we, we, we hope to be able to continue some of the, uh, for instance, the strategic dialogue that Andre had discussed before. But more broadly, um, you know, for U.S.-Indonesia relations, be it in the think tank space and government, to, the key to getting to the next level of the relationship is not to get people sitting down and talking about the relationship. It's about talking about what our two countries can do in the region and in the world. Mm-hmm. So the United States and Indonesia should be talking about global internet governance. Mm-hmm. We should be talking about uh, how Southeast Asia is going to adapt to the, uh, the impacts of climate change. We should mm-hmm. be talking about how we can do research and development to develop cleaner technologies. Mm-hmm. So we're going to find the ways that we can here at CSIS to broaden that conversation. So hopefully 
uh, uh, real work can be done. Mm -hmm. And and Andreka, I wonder if you could uh, just share with our listeners on how they can learn more, perhaps uh, how, what, what advice you might give to them in, in starting an international relations career like yourself. Uh, we want to make sure that we're sort of uh, incubating the, the next generation of international uh, thought leaders. Sure, yes. Yeah, uh, so CSAS, we maintain a, a robust array of online resources for individuals who want to learn more about U.S. Indonesia relations, U.S. Southeast Asia relations, and how to sort of break into into the conversation. So, uh, you know, uh, listeners can check our website on CSIS.org. Uh, they'll see all of our recent research and events, and all of our events are are webcast online. So, uh, if you're ever on YouTube and you want something to watch, you can check mm -hmm. that out. Uh, we also maintain a policy blog, uh, KajetAsia.com. Uh, where we have really sort of just cutting edge uh, analysis on the region and on the relationship. Um, CSAS also maintains a really strong internship program. Um, and that I think has formed a really core part of how we work with um, young and up, and up and coming scholars from the region. Uh, we've had a series of really great Indonesian and Indonesian American uh, research interns who have since gone on to to do a lot of really amazing things. And so that's that's sort of what we want to see uh, uh, moving forward. That's great. Uh, well, just wrapping up, I want to thank you both. And um, we would encourage all listeners to learn more about these fascinating programs, ways to engage, and, and ways to do your own part in facilitating uh, positive bilateral relations between Indonesia and the United States. So thank you both.